It is clear that you have affection for Miss Sharma. The two of you cannot seem to stay away from one another. Because she is aggravating. Oh, is that what I just witnessed? There is obviously something between you. And I know that this is not as you would wish. You must be honest with yourself. Because one way or another, these kind of feelings always have a way of coming to the surface. And what kind of feelings are that? What? Love. Then I know what I must do. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to Bridgerton on Netflix. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to spill the tea. Hi, everyone, and welcome. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake, and oh boy, oh goodness, I'm on the train. Let's go. Which train? I'm on the train for the this Bridgerton season. The Bridgerton train? The Bridgerton train is choo-choo, baby. <laughs> Agreed. Choo-choo. I, I am in. I, I'm fully in. I'm sucked in. The whole thing with the dead dad and... Uh, and Once again. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. And And we even got... Mary, as you noted last episode, it would take you know something like uh, '80s synth music to make this just a perfect thing for for Blake, mm-hmm. and we kind of got that in I this know. episode. I know Blake, we kind of did, and I and I think about it, and I'm like, man, you know, I know how to get you. I'm in on Bridgerton. <laughs> we know Blake. We've been podcasting about it now for quite some time. That's true. That's a good. That's a good point. But well, I, I'm enjoying these episodes far more than I did the first two. I'll say that. Same. Same. Well, we just want to remind you, of course, to subscribe to this podcast. If you do not hit that subscribe button in your podcatcher of choice, our favorite is Apple Podcasts. But you do you boo. You may not always get the notifications when it comes up. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure you hit that subscribe button. You can also leave us a written rating and review. It goes a long way to help other Bridgerton fans find our podcast. And then also, Blake, they can follow us in a couple other ways. Yeah, all, all the social media platforms, whether it is Facebook or YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, whatevs, where they are, just search us at Mary and Blake. And of course, there is the Mary and Blake Facebook group, which is just it's it's, it's awesome. the bee's knees. It, oh, look at you, the bee's knees I there. Know. I see what look you did, Marvin. Look see, at me. See what you did with that. Either way, yeah, check that out. It's a great place where you get the nerd out with a, a whole bunch of other uh, nerds who love the stuff that they love and be part of that community. <sighs> it's a special place. I love going there every day. I want to thank our latest iTunes um, Apple Podcast review. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Okay. His name is MJ Lover 1984. I wonder if that's um, Michael Jordan lover. Oh, maybe. Or is it Michael Jackson lover? Who knows? But the title MJ is, Lover, you got to let us feel know. Feel better, Mary. I'm <laughs> sorry you've been sick for so long, Mary. I appreciate you still doing the podcast. I love you and Blake's discussions about Bridgerton and season two. It's so good. I was most excited to hear you t- your take on it after the season dropped. Yes, the bee sting scene is epic, and the flashbacks are heartbreaking and phenomenally acted. Episode three, she said, was straight fire. Take care of yourself. Thank you so much. Straight fire. (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. And that review is the only one from this summer. Is it really? So we need to get some more peeps on Apple Podcasts to leave us that kind of review. All right. right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's what I'm going to say. Someone out of the next five (laughs) reviews, including MJ Lava, 
someone is going to get something free from the Marion Blake store. That, that's it. That's it. We're gonna, the next five reviews, someone's going to get something from the Marion Blake store for Love free. It. I'll just send it to you. Love it. Okay. We'll, pick, we'll, pick, we'll pick it out at random. Okay? okay. All right. So there we go. All right. So let's get into the show. Let's do it. All right, Marvin, episode, uh, what is it, 204, entitled Victory, directed by Alex Pillai once again. And the writer was Jess Brownell. Now, Jess Brownell is a really important name that we all should know going forward. Would you okay. like to know why, Marvin? Please tell me. Because Jess Brownell, well, she it was an executive story editor for mm-hmm. seasons one and two. And she has written this episode entitled Victory, like I said. However, Jess Brownell is going to be the showrunner for seasons three and four. Get out. Chris Van Dusen has moved on from the project. As, as noted in social media recently, season three of Bridgerton has, in fact, started mm-hmm. filming, and Jess Brownell is the big dog. She's running the whole ship. So Love if it. it's good, great for her. And if it's bad, sucks to suck. Yes. Either way, uh, it's a big deal. This is her. um, This is her first writing credit of this season. Marvin, do we have a little bit of a episode recap? Yes. Oh yes, I've got that for you. So, um, of course, this is episode four (coughs) of this season. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, As guests gather for the Bridgerton's ball, Anthony and Kate clash during a haunting party. Colin revisits the past. Yep, Marina. <laughs> and Lady Featherington sets a trap. So just to um, fill it in the blanks a little bit more, um, Lady Featherington gets her daughter engaged to Cousin Jack. <laughs> and at the end of the entire country vacation, Anthony proposes to Edwina. Yes. All right. And Anthony and Kate get caught almost schmooching. Almost. By Daphne. Like, I, I don't think you could get closer to smooching than what they were. I'm just glad they didn't eat hard-boiled eggs before that. They, <laughs> they were breathing each other's, like, vapors. Like, I wouldn't be able to get that close to somebody right now. No. No. Not, not even. No. Coughing all over them. Like, it, it would be like you, this, the cat sneezing on you. We figured out what I have. It's not Lumos 22. (laughs) What is it that you have, Mary? What is the thing? uh, One of the, let's be real. There's probably a few things wrong with me at this point. But currently I am testing positive for a weird bacteria that, believe it or not, I've actually heard a lot of people getting. It's called Haemophilus influenzae. Oh, okay. So it's, is it a sort of influenza? No, it's actually not an influenza. Huh. That's just its name. Wow. Um, But it can get messy if untreated and it can lead to pneumonia. Yeah, well, that would make sense because what you have been feeling is pneumonia esque. <coughs> yeah. So, so I'm on hardcore antibiotics. We're gonna see how this goes. Well, I'm glad that we figured it out, man. Why so, do all, why does all like the random stuff happen to you? Um, because I have had to, you know, bear the weight of our family emotionally for the past. No, few I, years. no. What I mean, like, it's, it's just no, a toll. It's not just two years. I'm, I'm saying, oh, like, no. in, like all in general. In, I have like, a weak immune system. Yeah, all the weird stuff happens. To I've you. told you why. I really think I know why. My parents. We're just taking a quick aside. What ifs? This is this is. Sorry, why. Lou. My um, <laughs> my old my older uh, sibling, my sister, got sick when she was a baby, yep. and um, from that has had severe uh, disabilities because of it. She was born healthy, but ended up getting sick. A lot of bad things happened. Um, so when I was born, my parents like didn't 
let me see people. I was like the boy in the bubble, except my bubble was my house. And (laughs) they wouldn't take me anywhere. They wouldn't do anything with me. And so I don't think I was exposed to germs for quite some time. And my immune system has forever been bad. You know, in high school, I used to joke with my friends, I'll let you know what bug is going around. Like, I'm the barometer. I'll get it. When you say bubble boy, all I can think of, obviously, is Seinfeld. And when they're playing, when they're playing, uh, oh, what's the, um, what's the, like the, the. Uh, I don't know, Blake. I can't read your mind. Oh, my goodness gracious. Why is my, why am I Blake? Is the, the... Okay. Why you're Blake? Let's move on. No, no, no. When, when George <clears throat> is talking to the bubble boy and he's like, and he's like, oh, who invaded Spain and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, it's the Moors. And George says, oh, no, it's the Moops. He's like, that's misspelled. And the cards, p- Trivial Pursuit. They're playing Trivial Pursuit. There you go. And no, no, it's the Moops. <laughs> oh, man. Love you. Sorry. Oh, that's good it's stuff. Okay. All right. What do you got for your, how many cups of tea you give in this episode? I'm giving it five cups. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I really I, liked this episode. I, I really like this episode as well. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. A, I'm at a 497. <laughs> Oh, okay. okay. I I enjoyed episode three more, mm-hmm. but I think because of the trauma of it all. Uh, but this episode is just as good. I'm yeah. giving it a, a hundredth less. Yes. Okay. Where are we here for it? And and the, the 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 scene that makes it for me is when Edwina says, "I thought I needed your help getting him to fall in love with me, but I realized what I need is your help getting him to fall in love with you." Dun dun dun. Oh, this poor girl. This poor girl. And this whole episode is written with that dramatic irony in mm-hmm. mind, which is great. Yeah. That is and that's why I said that is what makes this episode, the mm-hmm. dramatic irony. Sorry. But go ahead. You're GBG. You're good. You're bad and you're great. Okay, I'll be real with you. This being a five, there's a lot of goods and greats in this episode, which we will talk about. Yes. But just to have fun and give you my little Oreo sandwich of things that I feel there's about There's one this bad episode, in here oh, that, that I think yeah, we both agree yeah, we, on. We eye rolled hard. Probably everybody did. And um, and that's what takes this episode down for me. That's okay. Uh, Sharma Sharma's outfits in this episode. I, I would say the whole season. Yes, but I don't think I've given them a good yet. So I'm giving them now okay, because there's yep. probably going to be a lot of things where I won't have room for it. Okay. So this is a makeup take. This is this is just, I mean, you know what did it for me is her hunting outfit with that oh, little the hat. hat. Oh, the hat. Give me a hat. And, you know, oh. she didn't she didn't have it like on top of her. It was like to the side I mean, a little. you know that there are at least 10 bobby pins. Oh, my own. There's, there's got to be way Riding more than 10. Riding on a horse with that hat. Well, they probably glued it to her hair. Love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> All of her outfits, fan flipping tastic. Oh, the love, teal! Love so all the teal. much teal. Give me all the teal. Uh, my bad will be. The- <coughs> Excuse me, yeah. My bad will be the same as Blake's. <laughs> when did you turn into Mario? I'm sorry. I took Italian. Yeah, that doesn't make you Mario. That doesn't make me Mario. He doesn't say excuse me. It's me, Mario. I know. <laughs> that's just your like. But that's what Mario would say if he coughed. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Italians would do that too. Oh, they would say excusa. Uh, sure, that's okay. why. But I'm saying it's never mind. Go on. Uh, I you- just like reverted to like 16 year old Mary <laughs> speaking Italian. My bad is Marina. Yep. We'll we'll delve into that later. Oh, okay. Yeah, just yeah. a straight period Marina. Fair enough. <clears throat> She's gonna have her own segment in a minute. Mm. <laughs> and my great is Anthony being caught 
almost smooching. But oh. Daphne, just like she was caught doing the smooching. Yeah. Um, by Anthony. And there was gonna be smooching. <laughs> oh there, yeah. There was no, gonna be and smooching. And I just I just love that like I just loved that that happened that way. Yep. Yeah, I'm so. telling you, Daphne and Anthony, sneaky best relationship on this show. Hmm. Continue. So, my good, I have a tie. First, the drone shots of the house mm-hmm. uh, and the scene setting of the house throughout the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Great. You don't see that a whole ton in Bridgerton. And it's not like. You know, it's it's not a remarkable shot. It's not something that is, uh, you know, transformative and only Bridgerton does. No, it, I mean, everybody does it. I mean, we see it in Outlander and whatever. But I love shots like that. And mm-hmm. we have the technology now to accomplish shots like that. Yeah. <coughs> uh, and, and not not CG, not computer, just like real shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost reminded me, if you remember, Mary, when we watched Downton Abbey in Chicago. And we went to the theater and it was great. And it was us and a bunch of olds and we were all in the theater. And the first shot is this drone shot of, of Downton Abbey coming up yep. over the hill. And I remember watching it. I was like, I was, I was tearing up. I, I don't know why. Well, I mean, I know why. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm because I'm you a, love Downton Abbey. I love Downton Abbey and I'm a softie and I'm a Pisces. Um, but, it just reminded me of that. It, it reminded me, especially in Downton Abbey, but it felt like we were home. It felt like, yes, this is this is the thing. I think you were also crying because you were so happy to be with me in a oh. theater at 10.30 a.m. with a bunch of people who were all the olds. 70 plus. Yeah, all the olds. And no offense if you're 70 plus at all, but like, <laughs> no, like it was amazing versus the people that Blake had to hang out with before I arrived oh, in Chicago and they yes. were all about the bachelor life and like partying till 2 a.m. And then when I arrived, I'm like, yeah, I'm leaving by 9.30. And Blake, <laughs> I already made his reservations to go see Downton Abbey at a cinema where the chairs recline and there was a waiter. And food just is brought to <laughs> I us. I think you were just crying because you were like, this is actually my happy place. I love being married. <laughs> you just have an old soul. You know, you know what it is? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll just we'll go from there. My bad, of course. Mary, like you, is Marina, and I won't go any further into it right now because we're we're going to delve. But the whole Marina thing, out, out completely. If if oh wait, we're going to get into it. Oh, all right. And my uh, my good. I'm sorry, my great. Oh oh, by the way, I didn't give you my other good. My other good was the lighting in this episode. I I talk a lot about how Outlander seems flat. Uh, in their shots, it just feels like there's no, there's no uh, depth of field in the in the show sometimes. And there's other shows that that suffer from that too. But because we podcast about Outlander, that that comes about. Uh, I noticed this in the Last Kingdom, for the last episode, and for this in this episode, the lighting creates such a beautiful depth of field mm-hmm. when we're watching, and in particular. The library scene, the beautiful blue, white, cool tones of the night sky and the rain and um, and the moon and everything uh, balanced against the warm, fiery orange and red light from the from the candles in the library uh, mm-hmm. and in between are our characters and that's what I want to see. I want to see visual dynamism. I want to see something that will, when you look at it, you don't know it, but your brain recognizes it and says, this looks awesome. Yes. And you can tell like the lighting was specifically 
crafted like to tell a visual story but also to be as visually dynamic as possible mm -hmm. that whole scene the whole thing was excellent and we also got some really good visual dynamic as well in the dance scene uh the light that is shown on or that shines rather on Kate and Anthony is very bright and I would almost dare say a little harsh. Mm. Um, whereas the light for the surrounding people that are dancing, yes. much more muted. Agree. And I love visual tricks like that because like I said before, you don't know what it, right at that moment, but your brain does. And when you look back on it, you say, oh my goodness, I see what they're doing here. Mm -hmm. Oh, great stuff. Mm -hmm. But my great, my great is, in fact, the dance scene. So oh. much happening yes. in that dance scene symbolic in ways that like that'll just blow your doors off yep. between the holding the hands and especially oh when they're having the conversation and they both turn to look at edwina mm -hmm. and oh everything so and you know, the the fire that exists between the two and that is symbolized by the candlelight that is surrounding the like oh man and then of course like i said the the relatively harsh white lighting on them make them stand out it ju it just blew my doors off blew my doors love off. all right so that is that marvel we got finally finally got some music are you okay, ready let's let's check it out <clears throat> I mean, if you're not trying to like tippy toe, tippy toe, tippy toe, twirl, touch my hand and twirl. How can you not get into it? Like, can you feel it in your in yeah. your core? Like, you want to reenact bits of this song? Absolutely. This is one of those songs I think that stands out for me from this mm -hmm. season uh, because it's unique and oh, sorry, and because it has a feel like. The other songs were were good from the earlier this season, like the Material Girl and all, like good. Oh yeah. But this has a, a feel, and season one had a feel. And by the way, this song is called "Dancing on My Own." Uh, it is performed in this instance by the Vitamin String Quartet, and it plays while Sharma Sharma and Anthony are dancing in yes. the dance scene. Would you be able to play the original of this song? I was just about to, Marvin. Thank you. Uh, it is the original song is by Robin, who I, I definitely don't know who that is. Oh my god! Definitely okay. don't know. All right. Uh, and, and obviously, the song is called "Dancing on My Own." What I was about to say, though, is season one had a feel. It had like uh, like when Bad Guy turned on, yeah, or when the um, the the T Swift song turned on, mm -hmm. like that had a feel. Like that was it wasn't generic. I felt like the earlier songs from season two were a little generic, whereas this one just like this helps define what this season is. What I think is interesting is so far, um, the songs I think actually speak to the elder millennial age mm -hmm. and kind of the age of which Anthony and Sharma are at. Uh, well, they're actually younger than elder millennials, I yeah. think, <laughs> but... Um, it's a bit older, you know? I mean, we've got Madonna. We had Nirvana. We, ha we had Rihanna. Who And now Robin. I think this song came out when? In like oh. uh, mid-2000s? I feel like I don't know. Maybe like a college? No, not college. I would have out. 
anyway. Don't um, know. I don't know. I'll, I'll find out. Okay. So I, I just, I, I'm going to be interested to see if the musical choices that they pick going forward for covers are of a bit older of a demographic than T-Swift and Billy. 2010. Yes. 2010. Okay. So still not super young. You know what I mean? It's not like like T-Swift and Billie Eilish you still hear on the radio. Yes. You don't hear Madonna on like current pops. You don't hear Robin or Nirvana on current pops. That's true. Oh, yeah. The Nirvana uh, play was a good play. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that like I think that to me it's showing that this is a bit older of a couple instead of the super duper young love Daphne that there's more complexity to these relationships. Oh, good one, Marvin. Good pull. Good pull. Um, so yeah, that that was that, and I just like the feel that this agree that this. Uh, All right, so the OG song that All right, here's the original song, and this is Robin. why I, this is why I say we gotta kind of get some synth in here. You ready? Yeah. Let's go. This is like Blake's dream. So what's interesting is that I didn't really recognize this song. You know, I knew automatically like, okay, this is one of their covers that they're trying to do something with. But I will be honest, I was not listening to the current top hits in 2010. Uh, No, no, we probably weren't. We got married that year. We did get married. We had a lot of stuff going on that year. Um, And there was kind of a time where I just stopped listening to current pop music. Yeah. I just wasn't a fan of it for a while. I think that time for me was 1996. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) For the most part. (laughs) But here we go. Here's the chorus. Yeah. So the lyrics to this song, I think, were really cool. Because as you said, Blake, it's a great song in regards to... um, you know, the danceability of it. They did a really great job, the vitamin yeah. C quartet. But the, the lyrics of this song um, are about like watching someone at, on a dance floor mm-hmm. and they're dancing with somebody else and you're like alone. And you wish that that person would notice you and you have all these conflicted feelings. Oh, good stuff. And it's like unbelievably perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you can be l- listening to the, you can look at the lyrics from either Shamar Shamar's perspective or from Edwina and she doesn't no. Exactly. And that is the beauty of what I was trying to say earlier, Marvin, which is the dramatic irony of it all. We, as the viewer, and this is the beauty of having dramatic irony, we as the viewer see these things and we can see the, uh, the tension rising and we can feel the answer that is there if they just let themselves have the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole episode was written with that dramatic irony in mind. You cannot tell me that we don't get that, oh, I need him to fall in love with you line without, like, that. that's the writer winking at you. Yes. That is the writer winking at you and winking at the characters. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little, like... I'm here for it. Pushy, I don't but care. you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm totally okay with it. And I feel like it's very in character of Edwina to even say anything like that. Well, and that's the thing. Because not only is it the dramatic irony of it, it is, I think, like you said, Mary, within her character. This feels like something she would say Mm -hmm. because she is so desperate. She doesn't even know what she's getting herself into. She wants anything to make this thing happen. And if that is putting her sister in a position to do what she says, it's like, that's why it works. It works on so many different levels. 
It comes from all, you can come at it from all these different angles mm-hmm. and I love it. Great. One thing I do have a question for you, Mary, is, oh, do you want to get into Marina? You want to get it out of the way? I No, go with your question first. All right. The question I have for you is. is how much was the floral bill? Oh, oh my God. Woo. No wonder Anthony's drinking a lot in this episode. Yeah, he's looking at the he's looking at the checks going, uh, Hey, who's gonna pay for all this? And Daphne's like, We need more. Yeah. We let, need more. Bring in more lilacs. Let's Bring get in more, more lilacs. Double the amount of flowers you sell. <laughs> God knows what the food bill was. Who knows? I mean inflation now. <laughs> no, the floral bill. I'm looking at that. In real life too. Like I'm wondering, okay, were those all flake fake flowers? Gotta be fake. Gotta be. Can't you can't be <sighs> Hope so. Bringing all them flowers in like that for that kind of money? Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, okay. It, it so gives me gives me chills just I thinking know. about that I bill. Know. Um, so my question for you, Mary, <laughs> is this: There are three times in which we see Kate and Anthony come extraordinarily close, and there are three times that, like, <sighs> yeah, it, there there's I some think things there's four. Uh, so there's the, the there's hunting. hunting. Yeah. Then there is the um, library scene. Yeah. And then there is, I mean, the his I, office I, and then dancing. Yeah. So like, but you, I kind of combine the, the 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 office and the dancing. Oh, okay. Because it's it's still relatively within the, the same, same moment. Yeah. Okay. It's with it's within the same same time frame. <laughs> One leads to the other. My question for you, Mary, is, is it a little much? No. No, you don't think so? No. Because I love it. I love how then she gets to say, you vex me. And, you know, how do you feel about me? And all this kind of stuff. Like, they haunt each other. Yes. They can't stop this magnetic pull. It is not too much. And we've, we've. well, I mean, for the characters, I don't think it's too much. But I think for viewing purposes, Listen, is it there too is much? no. Um, Getting it done in this season so far right now. Yes. Aside from when Anthony had his like, you know, quick montage. And and there wasn't even a butt thrust. No. (laughs) And so what I, I love though that it's leaning into this tension, this magnetive love brewing tension that Mm -hmm. neither of them want. Neither of them want to be falling in love with each other. Yeah. And I love that there is um, an association even subconsciously with mm. hate and love in, in this episode. I see it more from a Sharma Sharma's perspective. I am seeing Anthony now just as love, not as hate towards her, not as, I don't know, she, if anything, hate to, towards himself. He says it to Daphne where he's like, she's aggravate. Like his yeah, face, but that's by to the him. way, was great. That's to him. He, I've noticed I've rewatched this episode many, many a time. Okay. Um, and it's just like playful and she makes him smile. And yes, there's moments where she drives him bonkers, but any anger I see is really in his own head and moments when he's away from her. So when he's talking with Daphne, yes. that's not towards her. So are you saying that she really, that Sharma Sharma is feeling... Is she feeling actual hatred or is it a, is it like I said, and like we've discussed, 
the fine line of hatred and love. Well, it's harder for her, right? He can marry anybody. Yes, has he chosen the diamond? Yes. Is Sharma Sharma actually on the market? Not necessarily. Has he been courting Edwina? Yeah. But like, will it break his family dynamic? Will it break the fiscal stability of his family Mm. if he falls in love with Sharma Sharma, Kate Sharma? No. So there's no element of fear for him to explore these feelings aside from it's no like like fear for family stability is what i'm getting at okay all right like fear okay can you be upset can you be confused can you be conflicted can you have a lot of other feelings yes but sharma sharma kate sharma has fear if edwina does not marry english nobility there's a problem big problem yeah plus she's told edwina go for this one yeah and the I would agree the emotional um, the emotional stakes for Sharma Sharma are probably much higher than Anthony's. Mm-hmm. And I would say that it, it relates specifically to Edwina. Like this is a person yes. that she has looked after, you know, and, I mean, within context here, trained, okay. Mm-hmm. And made sure that okay, we're 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 getting we're crossing all of the T's and dotting all the yeah. I's, and we are making sure that you're going to be the perfect bride. And here she comes in here and sweeping in her D, in her DMs in in the the potential DMs of the potential uh, you know fiance, mm-hmm. and how is that going to look? I mean, that's a bad look. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I think that the the stakes for her, the weight of it is Not very great, different Bob. compared to Anthony. And so when you rewatch it, you know, you watch it in the first glance, it's like, oh, okay, they don't want to be together, but they can't stop the draw. But when you rewatch it and you see the little nuances of Anthony's face yeah. versus how tormented um, and how fearful Kate Sharma Sharma sure. is. Mm, that's, a, that's a good point, Mary. I like that's a good pull. Um, All right, let's get into Marina. Well, hold on. I do, okay. I do have one other thing about the Kate and Anthony thing. And that is, I don't think Anthony talks about his dad ever because it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Just too much. Yet. And again, I'm just assuming that, that that's just the way that it feels to me. Yeah. Considering the reaction to the bee sting from the previous episode. Mm-hmm. The fact that he is able to speak to Kate about his dad and just come out with it. Yeah, like the, my dad died of a bee sting and, mm-hmm. you know, this whole thing. It, it illuminates some sort of vulnerability that he's just not allowed himself to, to feel, yeah. number one. But he has not allowed anybody else to see, number two. and. There's also something happening here that's a really cool trick. Each time that Kate and Anthony get like close. Alone time, we'll call it. Just yeah. alone time. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like smelling and smelling hair and breathing vapors and you know, the whole thing. Something snaps them out of it each time. It's not just them being like, no, I can't. Well But something snaps them out. He- and I like that. You know, whether yeah. it whether it was Benedict being like, Oh, hey, there there you are mm-hmm. or there it was the um 
the uh, the lightning mm-hmm. like that felt emotionally proper because oh, she Daphne. was scared she was scared of thunder and lightning and then we have Daphne each time something prevents them from carrying through on their emotions uh, or it knocks that sense back into them and I like that agreed because you know you can I remember we made fun of Batman versus uh, Batman versus Superman all those years ago where it was like okay why doesn't Superman just be like hey dude you know, by the way, hashtag spoiler alert, Lex Luthor has my mother and I need your help to go get her because he wants me to do this to you and I don't want to, but I kind of have to. Can we just figure this out? At no point does Superman make any effort whatsoever to just explain it. Because he's a man. No, just because it was bad writing. It was, they need, we need these guys to fight right now. So go fight. <laughs> um, it was it's a natural thing what it was the way that they fought in that movie was unnatural like it didn't it didn't speak to humanity uh-huh. like there wasn't something that prevented superman from from saying to bruce hey this thing's happening nothing prevented him from doing that other than the writers needed to fight okay in this particular case the thing that that is they are being prevented from you know manifesting this feeling and 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 carrying through with it there are outside forces preventing them from doing it like literally and physically i like that i think that's a really smart choice agreed so so that's that <sighs> okay let's just do it <clears throat> <laughs> marina okay what so, are we doing so first off colin has a ball at home <sighs> He, I love how Lady, Lady Bridgerton gives um, Eloise so much flack, like, you're the hostess, this is what we have to do. And yet Colin gets to miss the entire thing mm-hmm. without getting into any trouble. Are you kidding me? Who's going to watch the kids? You know Hyacinth is, you know, playing tricks and Gregory, they're, they're, they're just- They're going doing- Come on. Stupid kid things. Yes. You know that. Eating flowers. Yes. And- <laughs> like, you don't have a dad of the house. Anthony's in courtship mode. Colin should have a job. And I'm disappointed that he is not held to the same duties that Eloise has to have. Well, this is a little different. A little different. He's older than Eloise. I know, but this is a different time. I, don't, I know, but I'm just saying, like, what a jerk. Okay, he's just like, eh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go see my ex-girlfriend who's married and had a baby. Like, now? <laughs> you can't just stay an extra day and go later? She lives there. It's not like she's here temporarily. Dweeb. <laughs> I was not happy. Not happy Dweeb. with Colin. Uh, I'm just not. I'm not happy with him. Right well, now. you got to give him a little grace. Nope. You got to give him a little grace. He just, he, he can't, he, he is. Can't he take his head his out of, head out of his own ass right now? Like he like my my phone's blowing up. By the way, why? Oh, I've got a shark tracker on oh, my app. Goodness gracious! And uh, there's <laughs> it pings every time that there's a shark spotted in the area, uh-huh. and it is going crazy. There there must be some we got like, like sharks. Yeah, we got like a family of sharks. Like, a po- is it a pod? Pod? I don't know. A herd? It's more than it's more than that. Like they are. It is family reunion. <laughs> it is like they've all come to the Bridgerton summer house and <clears throat> they're having a How do you refer to a group of shocks? 
Maybe it's a pod. Might be a pod. Um, a swarm. A sw- uh, nah, I feel like that's a swarm of bees. Sharks don't swarm. Okay, I'll find out. I'll find what is a group of sharks called? A shiver of sharks. A shiver. Mm-hmm. I shiver when I see some sharks. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. A shiver of sharks. We got a shiver of sharks coming down here on the shore. You're welcome. <laughs> so he goes down to Marina's house because she lives nearby. Uh, and she answers the door with baby in hand. Yes. Says, I have two babies. There's one upstairs. Why does she need to have twins? Why is that at all necessary in this plot? Whatevs. I mean, sure. I mean, stats are for nerds. Who cares? Exactly. But like, whatever. Um, <clears throat> she is so just boring and unkind and crabby. And then her husband comes in and wants to be best friends with Colin. And she can't just be nice about it. Yeah, she's she going to be a dick. She has to be... Rude. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? This boy was going to, like, save you, told you I would have married you. Like, this is a good guy, mm-hmm. aside from being a dweeb. Yes. And um, so she was mean to him even before he did the whole, like, have you ever thought about what would have happened if things were different? I loved her husband. Loved her husband. I'm out on the husband. Of course you are. I'm out. I love that he's like, I've been out checking out flowers. I love the oil trees or the olive oil trees. Like, let's go look at these things. So friendly. So welcoming. Took in this lady with the babies. You know, as being a great dad. No, no, that's all good stuff. Invites him to dinner. I'm here for him. I have no ill will against him. Out on him. Don't be talking to the Mm. ex-boyfriend. The ex-boyfriend comes to the house. Guess what? On the street. Listen, in the ton, everyone's your ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Good point. Good. I know. Fair, fair, I know. Fair. I'm just telling you, if if one of the ex boyfriends shows up to my house, he's out. And you know, and, when and you, you ain't know staying for dinner, he probably I ain't knows talking the about truth. trees. I ain't talking about flowers. I ain't talking about <clears throat> grease. All the thing, the only thing I'm talking about is you getting in the Uber out of my neighborhood. He knew, probably knows the truth that Colin was like swindled by Marina. Ah, good point. You know, so I think he did the right thing. I have no ill will against this guy. How can you talk about trees that long? It's freaking trees. You're I, looking at books of flowers. Good for, That's what he's passionate about. Stop Get making fun here. of him. But let's focus on Marina. Okay? First off, crabby, crabby, crabby. Ooh. Yes, do you have twins? But do you have like a mansion of people who I'm going to ruin a moment for you? <laughs> yes. When she and Colin are sitting and she has one baby in her lap and she's like, oh, I have two babies, whatevs. They have two servants watching them at that time. One male, one female. They don't move at all. Fine. I mean, but like, let's be real. That's what servants do. That's that's what servants do. No, but like, let's be real. Like, busy yourself. Like, there's always something to clean. There's some dusting that needs to be done. Figure it out. Like, bring us some cookies. Yes. Whatever. Uh, Lemonade? I'll be fine with lemonade. You need to watch that scene when Marina's talking to Colin. The woman servant? Professional blinker. (laughs) She just stands there and blinks furiously. And you can't stop. You just can't stop. Uh, she, I, she doesn't even like look around. Like I know that they're supposed to act like they're not listening to the conversation, but oh my God, it was distracting. <laughs> I've never ruined that scene for you. You totally. And the guy, the guy that's there too. <clears throat> he's not as bad as her. He's not as bad, but he like, he kind of just like looks down into the corner. That's better. Yeah, but it's weird. <laughs> Servants are weird. Okay. Servants are weird. But the lady I mean, they're not the, weird people. The, the blinking the idea lady, of it's weird. weird. So Marina. Just totally crabby, probably has postpartum depression and hasn't been helped, probably doesn't have any friends out in the country. Okay, so I'm not like 
Shame on you, Marina. Stop being crabby because, you know, she's been given a rough blow. The love of her life is dead. She had to marry some guy that she doesn't love who just loves trees. Um, you know, it's- Talk it's, about it for hours. She says that my babies make me happy. Awesome. Great. But why you gotta be so mean and cold? To, to good old Colin. And your husband. Um, mm, I could see the interaction between the wife and the husband. I can see that. You don't need to be unkind. Like, we know Marina can be kind. Yes. I, I just, I, I, I think I'm just out on the whole sojourn out there. Like, I just, why? Colin, you're saying Colin's the problem. Because I agree. He should not have gone there. Here's what I will say. If I'm playing devil's advocate, it's Colin needed this. To, he needed the closure. He needed to move on. You could argue that the closure came when he spent 50 million years in Greece and doing whatever. That's fine. Yeah. But he needed, the, and it's not even necessarily closure, it's a push. He needs the push. The only good thing that comes out of Marina is that she says Penelope loves you, and, essentially. And that's what I'm getting at. <clears throat> you that don't is, like that? No, no, that, the push. Oh, okay. That's what I'm getting at. That's the thing that I can turn around and say, I see what happened. I get it. I wish there was a little bit more of an artful way to do that, but if I got to accept it, that's what I'll take from it, and maybe that sets him on the track to understand that just look at what's in front of you and stop worrying about me. Stop looking into the past and look to the future. Yeah. I think the sentiment is fair, though, would it have been better if Marina and husband were invited to the party. Colin was at the party and he spends all he spends all of the time at the party with Marina. I think the only people who go to the party right now are if they have an eligible bachelor or bachelorette and their parents. Yep. All right. Fair. Like, I feel like the balls are meant to meet your partner or if you're a parent of one of those peeps. Yep. Yep. Speaking of the of the the party. (sighs) And the Bridgertons would not invite her after what she did. Goodbye. Prudence playing, doing some bowling with her mother. Those poor servants just picking these pins up, walking the balls back. That is misery. Oh my gosh. Bowling in the old days. Not an activity I would want to do. No. But let's talk Prudence. So Prudence is here. Dumb as a rock. When she realizes what her mother did, her reaction. Oh "Oh, oh my God. Yes, I will. I I would love to marry you. I love this actress. She, she, she's what amazing. she's done with Prudence. Oh. Ma- like Prudence on the whole, I think is a very flat, just very base character. Yeah, There's not much okay. to her there. But <clears throat> what this actress has done with her is given her a whole <sighs> personality that I don't think is there on paper. No, it, it, she's basically like the sparkle of the Featherington outfits. Like the Featherington outfits are already so outlandish anyway. Yes. And then they've got sparkle in them. And that's Prudence. Yes. She's just like, let's add a little bit more. I'm finding myself now loving Mrs. Featherington. She's great. And I want to just do that that touch my head thing whenever <laughs> our kids do something that bothers me. <laughs> I may start doing that to you too, Blake. Like that's going to be my cue of like, okay, I've had it. And I'm it's just done. the light little touch right to the temple. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. When she steal Prudence's, steals Prudence's uh, fan. fan. Give me that. Yes. That's fan of hers. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. She is great. 
I, she gets it in the head, though. Oh, man, does she Who? get it in the head? Lady Featherington. Yeah. She gets it in the head by the end. Because, as you predicted, Mary, ain't no rubies in America. Oh. I'm sure. Not a lot, at least. No. And uh, Cousin Jack is just snake oil salesman. A little bit. A little bit. And he, a, a lot bit. And he, he promises a ruby necklace to... Uh, the the as the dowry to the other to, to the other family to get by, oh. which means the the father lied to his wife when he and when she asks him, "Hey, did you get the full dowry and payment?" Oh yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. What you think I wouldn't take it? No, guy lied. Guy straight up lied. Yep. Interesting, interesting little thing there. Do you? Appreciate what Lady Featherington is doing, or is she getting herself into spaces that she shouldn't be? Okay, so <clears throat> I love to watch this woman, and I'm really excited to see how this works out this this season. This is going to be an interesting. I am avenue. loving it. I'm loving watching Penelope uh, be a part of it because Penelope doesn't have that like um, gritty do what it takes, bone, Slytherin, bone mm-hmm. in her body. Mm-hmm. And normally, I would be an upstanding person. And I'd be like, don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. do that. But then the mother in me, who realizes, you know, um, you think back to when uh, eat the fish or whatever, there's fish pie or whatever thing oh, she yeah, says, yeah. like, oh yeah, back over there, there's like gross stuff. I don't know what would happen to the Featheringtons. Would they be kicked out on the street? Would they be homeless? Would they? And it makes me think, what would a parent do? What would a mother do? She'd do whatever it takes, man, mm. to take care of her kids. That's true. That's, that's fair. And she saw an easy button. She hit the easy button. Um, done. Easy. Bum. Staples. All the way. Yep. <laughs> would it be something that I would do? Probably not. Okay. But I can see where the mother instinct in her didn't. And what I love about this is that we're all sitting there being like, oh my God, I can't believe she's doing it. But she's doing it for her family. That's true. But she she's gets not- it in the head because she doesn't know the full story. No. And that moment of recognition on her face when he's like, yeah, I don't have any money. And I was hoping to get it married to a rich family to get the dowry yep. so we could all enjoy <clears throat> the benefits. And that was, and then they both say Christopher Cowper. And I mm-hmm. thought that was great. So this is going to be, I think, a fun Oh, I can't wait. Little side quest. Yes. On how this is going to get figured out. Yes. Because you know, like there's a, there's a. Because now what is she going to do to take care of her family? Because that's it again. Right. You know, I keep seeing her, like we've seen her. She obviously is selfish in in many ways, but when it comes to her family, her family is important. So I'm excited to see like, how is she going to get her family out of this now? Mm, Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Anything else? Oh, uh, Madame Delacroix is in on the. Lady Whistledown game. Yeah. And she's sewing letters. She's making the papes and putting them in dresses. And uh, we have a shot of the of the girl of the guy that um, Eloise yelled at. He's looking at the at the printer and they Mm -hmm. got the whole thing. And uh, I I feel like that. I love this. I feel like that's going to be a thing going going forward, obviously. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Which to me, this screams the fact that Eloise is going to find out that. Uh, Penelope is Lady Whistledown. Like, there's, there's no chance. Oh, because it is now confirmed. Like, that is the printer. That's the printer. 
and the guy that Eloise has seen and spoke to and knows the knows his name. Like she, they even said it in this episode. Yeah. All you know is like there has got to be. There's gonna be some problems. There's gonna be some problems here. Like it's gonna happen at some point. This guy is gonna see Penelope at some point. You know, whatever. I agree. Um. The last thing I want to talk to you about, Mary, is Lady Danbury. Oh. And the conversation that she has with Shama Shama. Now, there are two ways you can read this conversation. Agreed. One of them is Shama Shama, get your head out of your ass. Like, go be with Anthony. Do the thing. Or it's, hey, Shama Shama, do what you need to do to make sure that your sister gets married. And it gets like whatever is happening within you, punt it to the moon because you you got to figure it out. Your sister is like desperate for Lord for Lord Bridgerton, and you're getting in the way. I saw it so much as tell the truth, and we as the audience got to figure out: does she mean the truth about the money? Does she mean the truth about her feelings for Anthony, or does she mean the truth of both? Because that's what she was saying. You know, your sister deserves to um, know the truth. Yeah, and I think that's a great theme for this episode. Like, we talked beforehand uh, about theme and anti-theme of last last episode. I think a good theme of this one is what is the truth? And how, how does truth affect your relationships, right? How, how Anthony has to be truthful with himself, mm-hmm. and he has to be truthful to Daphne. Yet, at the same time, he has to be truthful to Edwina. And can he be truthful? And then on the opposite side, we have Sharma Sharma, as we just discussed. And in addition, the truth is what matters when Prudence and Cousin Jack are set up, because the truth is that nothing happened. As Mr. Weasley says, truth will out. Truth will out. <laughs> I, like, I like it. You're a wizard, Harry. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's an interesting operative theme for this episode and what that means because will the truth out soon between anthony and sharma sharma yes <laughs> i i think so uh, well it has to you know what my guess is it doesn't happen until because right now we are at the emotional high point of this season right we are halfway through the season there's a turning point here and that is anthony finally proposing to Edwina at the end and everybody does their thing and yay, great, whatever. This is also when she told him that she's leaving for India during the dance. Yes. You know, once I'm done, he gets so upset. Oh man. So I just, my sense is that none of this comes to fruition until penultimate episode like i think okay. i think that he's anthony's gonna go through the motions with edwina do the whole thing and recognize that he made the wrong choice and then mm-hmm. something's gonna happen penultimate episode where it's like shama shama and, and anthony and that's it and and something happens between them okay that's my guess all right so that's that all right you got anything else for this episode my love that is it <clears throat> all right um oh you know what i got another theory oh i love it all right, here we go We all know 
we all know. I mean, this is I mean, this this is kind of a microwave take, but we all know Edwin Edwin is going to find out about the deal, right? Yeah. And it ain't going to be like now or that she's going to die. Now that Lady Danbury, if she dies. she's not going to die. Okay. She's not going to die. She's Get out of easy here. Easy buttons. Easy buttons. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no. She has to she, find out. She's got to find out. And she's going to find and and it ain't going to be in a good way. It's not going to be the way that like Shama Shama has a conversation and says, "Hey, this is what's going on. I want I want you to understand." These conversations never go well. You think you're doing the right thing saying, "I I like the same boy you like." Doesn't go well. I did it before. Got my house egged. Girl was my friend. Oh yeah, I'm cool with this. I'm cool with this. She egged my house so bad she put it in my mailbox. Oh, really? Oh. In the mailbox? Yes. Oh, that's that is I know. Savage. My parents woke up and they said, "Which one of you Got somebody upset. I said, it can't be me. I had a great conversation with this girl last night. <laughs> so yeah, she's going to find out and it's going to be disastrous. Something bad's going to happen. And I wonder if that is going to be, um, if that will precipitate the action between Shama Shama and Anthony. I wonder if that will, that will be the thing. Hmm, okay. That'd be, it's just my guess. I like it. Just a guess. All right, let's close it out, shall we? We shall. Once again, we're looking for some more reviews on Apple Podcasts. And you may be sitting there saying, I don't do Apple Podcasts. I have an Android or I listen on YouTube. It's okay. You can still go there and write a review. Or or if you don't want it, if, you, if you're like anti-Apple Podcasts, which is fine. There are people that are against it. Okay. Go to Facebook. Go to the Mary and Blake page and write a review on our Facebook page. There's plenty of uh, space there for you to write a review there. So We want to thank you as our listeners who took the time to vote for Blake and I. Oh, yes. As Mary and Blake Media for Best Podcast in Rhode Island. Um, we did win that award and we want to thank you so incredibly Fifth much. Fifth year in a row. So, so excited. excited too. So we are just ever so thankful for your patronage and your listenership and also for your votes. Of course, go to jointhenerdclan.com where all the nerd clan is there and talking about all the things that they love. And that is a way to help support this mom and pop podcast where you can, uh, for as little as a cup of coffee per month, help us help us in the production of all these things. Get Keep all the, all the bills in order, but also at the same time, get some ex- exclusive content just for the nerd clan. And that is our knee-jerk reactions to various shows and television, um, I'm sorry, various shows and, and movies that we're watching or whatever, uh, in addition to a whole bunch of other stuff. So I'm very excited about the at jointhenerdclan.com. And you should be too, because it's a win-win for everybody. It is. It's a win-win. So On I that like note, it. my name's Mary Larson. My name is Blake. Go out there and brew some more tea. Are you getting it right? It's about time. It's about damn time. <laughs>